Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's Not Quite All Folks, a Looney Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hanlum, joined by... I'm Jordan, and do you smell what this podcast is a-cooking? Because this week, we are talking about some good old-fashioned fighting! Some fighting! Fighting! Yay! We're gonna fight! Something something I do on the daily. Yes, you... you you basically, you, you, your puns are, are, are basically the basis for people to go over and beat you up, I think. My puns are my weapons. Yeah. And you're murdering the whole town. Yeah, um, yeah all, all of the shorts in this episode that we are covering concern boxing or wrestling or the act of fighting each other for money, which I believe is, um, is, is the, the rejected title for um, a big brother. But um, we, we we cover lots of things like that in this one. Ah, uh, yes. So the three shorts we will be covering are Rabbit Punch, mm-hmm. Porky the Wrestler, mm-hmm. and Bunny Hug. Yeah, a, a surprising amount of uh, character-based ones, and and uh, quite a few Bugs ones, which I'm not I'm not exactly um, fearing to say the least, because you know it. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that the, the Bugs ones are the easier times always for us, but, like, you kind of know what you're getting into with a lot of them. And so that's kind of nice. Yes. And also, I could never identify as a kid which one was Rabbit Punch and which one was Bunny Hugged. I could. So, at the very least, this could be used. Oh, good for you. <laughs> good for you. No, no. I Because I'll tell you how I knew about it, because... Bunny Hugged was on one of the very early um, Golden Collections drink, and Rabbit Punch was on one of the VHSs I used to take out of the library that had Looney Tunes shorts on, and because that's how I watched Rabbit Punch for the first time, because it was it was very similar to uh, as we're going to discuss, very similar to um, Bunny Hugged, but. There is a very 1940 sensibility around it that is honestly very cool to watch and talk about. And we're going to start with that one because, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's first on the list. So Rabbit Punch was uh, released on April 10th, 1948. Not a hell of a lot on this day. Um, John Milius, American porn star, was born on this day. Um, but, but, okay. yeah, other than that, um, really nothing too interesting I could find on this day. Uh, so, yeah, if, if, if you're into porn, all the day for you. Um, Rabbit Punch is directed by Chuck Jones. Uh, the script is a combination between Ted Pierce and Michael Maltese. Mel Blanc does the voices, and Billy Bletcher is in it as the champ. Uh, we, we've had a lot of, uh, we've covered a lot of Billy Bletcher cartoons recently. Yes, we have. And, you know, he's, he's, he's good at what he does. It's going to be very interesting to contrast him with another voice actor in the um, in, in um, Bunny Hugged. But, yeah, no, Billy Bletcher here. Okay. So we start this with, you know, obviously the, um, the buildup of a boxing match between 
you know, the champ and then, and, and you know, the challenger, the skinny dude. And we see all of these really cool opening pans outside of the boxing arena. There's so many really good match shots in this, like really impressive stuff. And we do, we do meet the sort of champ character who looks like an earlier redress of Giovanni Jones. Like the same build to him, just bald and a bit more built up. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that Chef Jones like had very specific ways of designing like villain characters, but very similar. And then as uh, the champ sort of beats the snot out of this other guy in so many very simple but fun ways, we suddenly hear errant cries of boo from Bugs off the screen, turning around with the crowd to see the silhouette of him <laughs> from the rabbit hole on the hill. Like, yes, an anonymous rabbit. Sure, I wonder who that could be. I, I kind of love that as an intro for him, though. Like, because usually you set him up like just like something happens over a rabbit hole. Or like, like he just strolls on. But his intro was just like, you know, look that over the field. No, it's Bugs. <laughs> yeah, and you could argue that they did build a stadium where he lives. Because they do say in the lead up that they built the stadium specifically for this match. Yeah. But later Looney Tunes cartoons would show them building it on top of the, the rabbit hole. And it would, you would see the right. whole process. But yes, obviously, you know, Bugs protesting that this guy's a, you know, he's, he's, he's a heel or whatever the hell he's yelling about. And of course, the champ comes right from behind Bugs, grabs him. And I love Bugs' little gulp bouncing up and down like a little, like, like a little, like, I, it's hard to describe it. It's, it's a very cool little effect they have. And then this fluid throw of Bugs from the hill towards the doors into the ring is also really well animated. So the Bugs character in this is sort of an earlier Bugs character, sort of precursor to Daffy, at least in the first bit, where he's very confidently going up against the champ as the champ just very quickly and easily punches him away, sort of like his bravado and his, mm -hmm. his hubris gets the best of him in this first one. I mean, I do like the timing of Bugs rearing up and going right back over to the champ only to get immediately bounced back into the corner. Like stalling really does well with timing the music to that as well, but it's it's just it's not quite it's not quite like prime time confident with charm bugs. Yes. It's more like confident without realizing yes. it. Yeah, I think the, the best example of this is is his opening bit where yeah. saying like, "Oh, come on, come on, start swinging, punch. That's it. That's it." I'm watching this going. I saw this in Baseball Bugs. They do this in Baseball Bugs. Yeah. And um, I like it better in Baseball Bugs. Yeah, Baseball Bugs is a little funnier. Yeah, yeah, it's a little more tight. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then we have the timing of Bugs falling over, Champ looking down at Bugs punching him there. That's great. Like, we begin to build up the timing here a little bit. Like, like just, just see, it slowly begins to become like a modern... Uh, Bugs cartoon like the the contrast of Bugs lounging in a chair in between rounds as the champ puts together his brick I, I, thing I love how Bugs gets one head yeah. and he feels comfortable enough to just yeah. take it easy for the chair and radio in a match he just threw himself into <laughs> that's it. Bugs in this yeah <laughs> and then after after this whole brick bit the entire bit with Bugs grabbing the mic from the commentator and narrating a match that isn't happening it's hysterical. Champ is very confused and has this invisible fight with no one. He's just so convinced. And just the lovely delivery of the champ is down. 
<laughs> I love it's, that. Uh, it's the, uh, Jeff is I think down. trips over bugs. So good. And I just love um, the announcer. Like, he's remembering how Bugs is losing. He's, just, okay, he's kissing the canvas. He's literally kissing it. <laughs> and then this little gag of, of, of both of them taking off their gloves and Bugs as horseshoes coming out of Bugs of his oh, gloves. I love that. That's great. That's such a quick little gag. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The interesting detail of this cartoon is that we get sequences throughout where Champ has the upper hand, where Bugs is crushed under his back and can't seem to get a handle on his legs as Champ sort of, you know, bides his time. But once again, Bugs can like Bugs is able to get the upper hand back. It just takes these more of these droughts. Like Bugs confuses Champ with the sound of wood breaking, and Champ seems to think it's his leg that's been broken. I do love how gullible the champ is in this in several points. And I knew here, even before I saw the, the last one we were doing, that the doctor gag that Bugs does here as, as the guy fixing up his legs and then just wrapping him around in like bandages, it's, I, I knew here that it paled in comparison to uh, the bunny hugged version. And it's a little simple. Yeah, and I will, I will say though, I will say though, I do like Bugs' costume yeah, more in this I one like because it looks like he's. It looks like he's wearing like a Jiminy Cricket cosplay or something. It's very over the top and yeah. big. It's very silly. And at least it ends with, with Champ all banjoed up, bopping around the ring like a pinball. That's at least good. Yeah. And this axle grease gag had one hell of an amazing reveal where you think, okay, what's going to happen? Bugs is going to slip on the, on the, the, the ring as, as, as the Champ sort of puts axle grease on in his like sort of in where he puts his feet. You think he's going to slip and fall everywhere. Well, literally, uh, Champ goes running at him, and then the whole entire the entire ring is greased, and Bugs is doing a full-on figure skating routine. That cracked me up. That was not what I was expecting, yeah. and I loved that. Yeah. And then we go to two very quick and easy gags, where it's you know the popcorn is dynamite, and then there's a slingshot that comes right at his head. It's they're animated well. I do love the colorful shot of the champ going down, but they're very simple. Gags. I will say though that um, that uh, that uh, slingshot gag, we would see that later in uh, Bully for Bugs. Yes, we would. And there, there were a few similarities between <laughs> this and Bully for Bugs, just in tone at least. But I absolutely do love this ending because it's very similar to the ending of Hair Trigger, which was only a year before. Where Champ ties Bugs to the railroad tracks that he's going to drive a train in the ring on with eminent doom. Lots of tense cutting back and forth. Bugs sweating. And suddenly the film snaps. And Bugs comes out and says, ladies and gentlemen, I, I apologize, but we're, we're having troubles with this short. We're not going to be able to finish it. And he, he turns to the audience. Confidentially, that film didn't exactly break and pulls out a, fin, a pair of scissors. It's different <laughs> from the hair trigger one where we see that, that Bugs actually beat Sam after all. I, I, I like this one, too. I, I think it's very silly that Bugs won't even let us see him lose. Yeah. That's very Bugs. Yeah, and and it's it's honestly the most famous part of this short. Yeah. You know, this is a part that everybody knows. Mm -hmm. And um, also, don't think too hard about it or else you get, like, a headache. It's like when he was tied to the tracks. And I just love whenever they get meta, it's great. It's like, it's a cartoon. Yeah. It's, it's a film. I can mess with this. Yeah. I do love that the, the people in the theater must have thought that it was actually a real thing and was just white on the screen until they just see bugs peering out. That must have gotten a great laugh back in the day. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. 
So summing up uh, um, Rabbit Punch as a whole, I really like this one. There's some quick and unmemorable gags that weigh it down a bit towards the end and throughout, honestly. But there is so much great animation and fun stuff in here. There's a great ending. Bugs and the Champ are a good match. And there's a lot of blueprint gags that would cement themselves within the Bugs versus a big, strong rival genre of Looney Tunes cartoons. So I like this one a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this amazed or anything, right. but I, I gotta give the short credit for just the nice, breezy nature it takes on to it. Yeah. So, like, like the story isn't airtight, uh, but the gag work is great. It's so good that they would reuse some of these gags. But mm -hmm. I just love the charm this one has. Mm -hmm. It's a very charming uh, short. Yeah, no, no, just, just. It's 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 not the showiest of this era and not the showiest of this genre, but it's just a nice one. It's just a really good move. It, it moves perfectly well. It, it it's it's it just works. Yeah. Yeah. So, I give it a four out of five. I gave it a a, a three point five out of five. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Mark. Just for that, you have to cover a Porky cartoon from 1937. Oh, no! <laughs> he says, as if he didn't already sign it to himself. Um, Alright, so, this next one. It's called Porky the Wrestler. Mm -hmm. It was released on January 9th, 1937. Mm -hmm. In terms of what happened that day, Italian regime bans marriages between Italians and Abyssinians. So, uh, it's real, uh, Romeo and Juliet stories happened because of this, oh I assume. God. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that was a subplot in a Fellini film once. I don't know. Uh, we can't get married. No, no, they didn't. They don't talk about that in Fellini films. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who could forget that, that great, who could forget that great Fellini quote, I cook a de pizza. <laughs> Breaking, uh, Italy declares war so. on Jordan. <laughs> along with along with I India and all the other countries wait, that have wait, declared war. Wait, wait, Jordan. What if, like, they, they come to arrest you and you just so happen to be at an olive garden? <laughs> like, oh, you were kidding me! Mamma mia! <laughs> have a breadstick. <laughs> Are you a mocking me? <laughs> Look. Oh, God. Look, I'll go home. I'll cook you up something good and plot twist. I actually give him some Chef Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? Oh, Lordy. Okay. Anyway. This was directed. Anyways, this is directed by Tex Avery. Fred. And um, uncredited, written by Cal Howard. Okay. There's a uh, notes for this one. Um, the short got colorized in 1967. Yeah. And then again in 1992. Yeah. We are viewing the black and white version because we're not fucking heathens. You did. I, I watched the colorized version because that was the closest um, ones I could I could find. Heathen. Um. Chuck Jones and Bob Clampett do some animation for this short. Yeah. Isn't there somebody else days. named Elmer something that did animation for this? Elmer Left or something? 
Oh, it was Elmer. Oh, it was something. It was Elmer and a, and a, and like a past tense verb, and I was laughing at that. It's um. What did Elmer do? Elmer, Elmer waits. Elmer, Elmer waits. Wait. <laughs> what? What did I do? Why am I waiting? <laughs> Can you imagine Elmer and Elmer Fudd and waiting for Godot? <laughs> he hasn't gotten here. <laughs> Maybe we should take another few hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, Samuel Beckett starring Elmer Fudd. Can you imagine? Ah, uh, jeez. All right. And this is Porky Pig's 22nd short. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's still being voiced by the older, by the old guy in this one, right? Yes. Right. Yes. Um, Mel Blanc's only vocal contributions to this is there is a certain section where uh, Porky gets scared and his I'm scared sound is Daffy Duck Woohoo's. Yeah. Which makes no sense. But yeah, that, that's Mel Blanc's only contribution. They literally called him into the studio and went, okay, listen, Mel, um, just provide some woohoo's. Do you not want me to do anything else? No, no, just some woohoo's. Just, but there's a Porky Pig cartoon. I know. Is Daffy Duck in it? They couldn't even do archived um, archive footage? Could they have even done that in 1937? I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure in 1937, it's as soon as, as the show was printed, it all got erased. Yeah. All right, throw it away. Yeah, throw it into the fire with all the money that we're burning. <laughs> Leon just has a whole furnace full of all Warner Brothers money. Uh, okay, so we open with a a newspaper printing, and there's a big championship wrestling match going on today, and everybody is going to it. Yeah, there's a lot of gag work of just everyone showing up to this damn thing. Yes, which is in addition to a montage of um an oddly designed wiener dog, mm -hmm. where the joke is first of all. Everyone is thumbing a ride. Yeah, everyone's hitchhiking. So we have an oddly designed wiener dog. There's a bum, and his only joke is his toe is hitching the ride. And mm. there's a, we have a, a, another gag of a of a cross-eyed person thumbing a ride, but of course he can't see straight, so he's just thumbing both directions. Yeah. We um we have okay okay this is actually a funny a funny gag here of a of a police uh, chief says calling all cars except it's calling out cars calling out cars give me a ride please yeah that was funny yeah right. I like that and uh, we, we see Porky and he's a kid in this yeah. you know he's at least I think he's a kid in this considering what happens to him yeah I think so but um. He's trying to film a ride, and uh, a driver goes by, by him, and then his car breaks down. So he just gets his stuff together, puts it in a suitcase, and now he's thumbing for a ride. Yeah, that's at least amusing. You know, that's amusing. So Porky's hitching a ride. Um, eventually, a a dog in a in a mustache dog man is driving. And he, and he stops with Porky, and he asks, "Hey, what are you doing?" And Porky says, "I'm here to get a ride for the uh, for the match." And the guy says, "So am I." And he shuts the door <laughs> and drives off. I love that. 
And then we cut to the uh, the challenger of the match driving in a big limousine with his driver. And, you know, he has a vaguely European voice, so everyone's offended. Hooray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that must be a very confusing passport. The whole joke behind him is that he has this very long name that no one knows how to pronounce. And I think it's a specifically Polish kind of, like, long name. Which I think... Given that it was 1937 and Poland was going to be invaded very soon, not great timing and doesn't come off very good. Yeah. So the challenger, you know, he he, he, he sees Porky, he says, Hey, stop the car. I want to give that kid a ride. Uh-oh. Exactly. Ah, uh, yes. 19, did they not invent the rules of don't go into cars with strangers? Joey, uh, do you know, uh, know any movies about the gladiators? <laughs> <laughs> you ever been in a Polish prison before? Uh, you ever seen a grown dog naked? Uh, Alright. I I wish we were doing an episode on an airplane. Oh, me too. So... The Challenger gives the Porky a ride, and they drive to the location, and there's these, just these two people who are speaking like gibberish. I think they're like, hurry up, hurry up, where is he, where is he? They were, they, like, no, I think they were saying, Mark, that like, you know, if he doesn't show up in however long, then, then like he's he's not going to show for the whole... Like they, they, were, they were thinking that he was a no-show. They were thinking that he like, you know, bailed on the whole thing. And of course, they can't pronounce his name either because, haha, ha, stereotypes in 1936. So, okay, th this I, uh, I, I kind of didn't like where, um, where they're doing, you know, so he finally gets to the place. Before they go to the door, the challenger opens the door and there's just a trap at the door there for yeah. no reason. It falls through, the door shuts. And the people think that Porky is the challenger. I mean, I understand we need conflict, but like we have to explain why that was there or where he goes or what any other significance of this other than the fact that it needs to set up this cartoon. Yeah, and he's gone. Yeah. He doesn't come back. He dies. Which... <laughs> he's dead. He's dead. So, it... It's just lazy. It's very contrived. Mm -hmm. And then we get into, you know, the match itself. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they're like, oh, good, you're here. And we're introduced to the bad guy. Yeah. The, the, other, the other challenger. And it's just a circle with a face. Very round fellow. Yeah. Very he's, wide. He's round. A big, bushy beard. A great big bushy beard. Yes. The hot fuzz reference for the record. Yes. So, you know, the the, the referee announces the competitors. You know, there's uh, right, here's this guy. Here's uh, the champ, and of course, you know, gives wait a second. Porky comes in. It's like, okay, go ahead and fight. And then we get uh, 1930s animation gags. Yeah. And uh, there's certainly something. Mm -hmm. uh, Porky, you know, he once he sees the challenger, he freaks out, and his screams are Daffy Duck woohoo's for some yep. reason. I don't know. Just doesn't fit. Nope, doesn't fit. And a, a lot of this short, it feels like 
there's just random noises in here, yeah. and that's supposed to be funny. Like yeah. I think there's like an oh him, and that's supposed to be funny. Um, while the 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 wrestlers being the crap out of Porky, someone in the crowd just yells, "Give it to him!" What? Which? Uh, He's know. a child. Yeah, that's the problem here. Is that the audience knows it's a child, right? Like. I don't know. Like, th- this quickly became a different type of uh, of show. <laughs> so, so while the wrestler is opening up Porky, Porky eventually you know, escapes the clutches of the wrestler, and the wrestler is just uh, beating himself up, essentially. He's, like, bending himself al- around, and he's just pounding the ground. So he's a masochist. I guess. We've got a Polish so member thinks, of Nambla, and we've got a masochist. Yes. So great. the wrestler is beating He's beating the, the canvas, and there's a man, uh, a dog man, who has um, a pipe, and, he has, and the wrestler hits so much that the pipe goes into the air, into his mouth, in which the challenger stops for a moment, he beats his stomach, steam comes out of him, and you know, he uses this to his advantage, but not really. It just turns him into a train. Yeah, Porky and another guy start riding him as a steam train, which is a little clever, but it goes on for a while. Yes. Also, wait a minute. A challenger gets an out a weapon that he uses to his advantage by pushing down on his body. I saw this in Bully for Bugs too. Yeah, but that's at least funny. Yeah. So, yeah, so like I said, we do this steam train thing for a while. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fine. It's decently animated, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, there's side gags of, like, the uh, like an audience member is watching the fight. He opens a window, and th- 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 they're moving. Like, the audience is on a train. Like... Are they all on the move now? That confused me. They were. This was yeah. more about the train buildup than the wrestling buildup, and they were just really in love with this gag, even when a lot of us weren't. No. So eventually, he uh, he he he, he kind of just stops. Like yeah. it's not like the the pipe gets out of him. He just you know he just says, "Oh, you don't want to play steam train no more, huh?" And then he just, you know, spins Porky around, and a, a, a text comes up called, "Oh, it's the aeroplane spin," uh, yeah. and it's you know, it flies around in a plane, and they bump into the ground, and Porky just, you know, he's loose, and he's eat. Okay, Porky is mostly scared for his life, which could be funny. Except for the fact that he's a child in this, and the ethics of the thing just gets in the way. It's like, that's a child. You're beating up a child. This isn't okay. He barely has a character in this. He he barely has lines in this. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he speaks once during this whole... Though there is this nice gag of um, Porky goes underneath the canvas, pops up, and he's in the, the actual, like, ring barriers 
And as the wrestler runs, runs towards him, sorry, no, no, as the wrestler, like, beats him, he, he beats him on the head. Porky then jumps through a, a ring barrier behind him, lands on the wrestler, and that's how he wins. Yeah. Sure. And like the odd and like the audience is getting into it. Like as like as the referee is counting is counting down the ten seconds, the, the wrestler even like participates in it, and the audience participates by going woof woof because they're yeah. dogs. Uh, yeah. And uh Porky's the winner. And the wrestler just, you know, runs out of energy, lands on the referee's hand, and now he's got a big hand. The ref. And that's where he ended. Sure. 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 So my biggest problem with this short is um, it didn't really have a so what to it. Right. Oh, no. Porky is now going to fight this guy. So what? The champ got thrown out of the short in order for this whole thing to happen. So what? Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Well, like, wait, how about at the end of the short, the original challenger comes back to help Porky or something? Yeah. Like, have a little bit more of a interesting plot than this. The, the, shorts, it, the short is harmless, I guess, but man, I just, I just didn't, could not give a damn about what happens to Porky in this entire cartoon. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I I don't have a lot to say about this one. It's clearly early Looney Tunes. It's more rhythm and song based than actual gag based. It's more about exploring the medium of animation than actually doing good story and character things. Uh, there's also a weird making Forky a kid and then having either adults beat him up or picking him up alongside the road and then have weird Polish stereotype jokes. Yeah, not great. <laughs> I'm going to say Anvil rating of uh, 2 out of 5 Anvils. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm giving it. You know, Pokemon, don't go to the pole. What? Alright, we should probably end on a good one. Right? <laughs> yes, as soon as you explain why the... Fuck you, put in a goddamn Pokemon. Why? The pole. What does that have to do? Polish. Oh, like the, like, oh. Pokemon don't go to the pole. Oh, All right, I'm, 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 I'm bunny hunt. All right, so bunny hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I had to have to explain my awful jokes to you, but. <laughs> well, when it's that bad, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've made worse. I've made way worse. Anyway, Bunny Hugged. Uh, Bunny Hugged is also a Looney Tunes cartoon. It's very similar to the first one. Very similar. It might even be better. But that's not even talking about that. We actually have to set up the cartoon when it was done. Okay, Bunny Hugged. Came out on March 10th, 1951. On this day, J. Edgar Hoover declines position as commissioner of baseball. Man, that would have been something. That would be very. That, that would be very entertaining if halfway through, uh, into into a Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, J. Edgar Hoover movie, 
all of a sudden he's the commissioner of baseball. <laughs> you know, I, I would have seen it then. I don't think I don't think Clint would have, would have even liked him enough to make a movie about him if he was a baseball guy. Not really my style. Yeah. Seems to have a pension for the Dodgers. Um, also, interesting to note that on this day, um, in theaters, at the same time, was a Ginger Rogers movie called The Groom Wear Spurs and a Fred Astaire movie called Royal Wedding. They were in theaters at the same time and they both had to do with weddings. Hmm. Do you think they were that amicable at this point in the 1950s? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, 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 like, it's like when um, the two guys from Canon Films, uh, Goldman and Globus, split up and their very thirst that, like first th- films out, out, away from each other were both doing dueling movies about the Lombada. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, really. One of them did Lombada, the other one did The Forbidden Dance. Which one was better? Uh, I think they were both shitty. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, go- it's Golden Globus. Like, like you, you don't yeah, go exactly, to a yeah. Golden Globus movie for, like, good movies. Other than, like, you know, the occasional... You know, there was an occasional good movie they did, you know. I just can't think of any right now. Superman 4? No! A good movie! <laughs> like... Chuck Norris something, something, something. Again, a good movie. Cannonball Run? They did Cannonball Run? No, they didn't. Just because it, it, the word cannon is in the title doesn't mean it's Cannonball Run. No, they didn't do Cannonball Run, Mark. That's, that's a regular studio film. Look, eventually we'll think of a good canon film. But until then... Uh, Bunny Hugged um, was a Chuck Jones-Michael Maltese uh, joint venture. The Crusher is played here by John T. Smith rather than Billy Butcher. Uh, definitely a lower voice. I, th- I think John T. Smith did a couple of, of loony productions in this era. He was probably cheaper than Billy Butcher. Bunny Hugged is a loose reworking of Rabbit Punch. Um, and The Crusher is just a reworked version of The Champ. But it is very different because it's a later... A later in the golden age sort of film. So this cartoon is centered around a wrestling match between the Crusher and Ravishing Ronald, who's supposed to be like a gorgeous George type, where he's, he's this pretty boy that prances around. And and you, you know this isn't going to go well because he's this, you know, he's, he's going up against this big mass of giant muscles, which we see. This is a pretty amusing gag. But I do like the reveal of Bugs as the mascot, where he's just sort of in a little case eating carrots, and he goes, it's a living. Oh my god, that's such a lovely reveal. Yeah, it's great. He's, he's, he's ravishing Ronald's mascot, just as a rabbit, and it's a good way of working him in. But I do love that Bugs realizes, as, as Crusher's kicking the shit out of Gorgeous George, getting him into a little ball and, and pounding him. He realizes that his source of income is getting beaten up and that he needs to do something. A proactive Bugs for the new generation. Yes, a reason that Bugs has to do something. Yes. Those are the best ones. Yes. <laughs> and it's a great one here. He has a reason yes. to screw with him. I mean, again, we don't really see Gorgeous George after he's flung off stage, although I do love the little signs that... that not. I love the little signs that Ravaging Ronald holds up from inside the fishnet. 
of help, SOS, and foul as Crusher foul. looks away at Bugs. And yeah, of course, you know, Bugs enters himself into, you know, this this competition. He gets the he gets the ring guy to, to announce him again as the mask terror and he's got a purple mask on or whatever. And he's he's trying to, you know, nail that he's big and strong, even though he's clearly smaller than, than Crusher. And something about Bugs' struggle against the Crusher, while similar to Rabbit Punch, is funnier here because the absolute intensity Bugs is putting in. Like, like, like Bugs is literally like wrapped around Crusher's head and, and nothing is happening. Crusher just amused. I love the little dance that Crusher does with Bugs on his head. <laughs> yeah. And the little bowling sound effect when Bugs hits the post. Mm-hmm. By the way, when Bugs sort of woozily stands up and starts murmuring things, it does sound to you. It does, it does sound like he just mutters, Jesus. Even though he probably doesn't, it sounds to me like he does. Go back and, and, and listen and see if that's anywhere near what I think it is. What are you anyway? It'd be so much funny if just out of nowhere. Jesus! Uh, also, I just love... um. When Bugs gets into the ring, and it's Crusher growling towards Bugs, and Bugs is growling towards Crusher. For some reason, I love Bugs' growling. Yeah, it's funny. Like, it, 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 it's, it's, it, it's just so funny. Yeah. And I love how, first of all, there are better executed gags here in this one. Because, like in Rabbit Punch, you know, Bugs realizes that he has to use strategy. Yeah. So, you know, he, um, he... He fakes Crusher's uh, pants ripping in two by using by tearing his mask. I love that. It's funnier than the Rabbit Punch one, honestly. It, it is indeed funnier. Crusher has to covertly go over to Bugs as a as stitch in time and go, I any love or something. I love that. Yes. And then Bugs just has a vault. He just has a vault in the ring as he just throws Crusher against the, the, the ropes. Crusher flings out towards Bugs, closes the vault door, and we just see the vault be completely destroyed. I love when that. Crusher hits it. I uh, love it's that. So, it's classic Looney so Tunes. It's, it's classic yes. just random physics, and I love that. And I also love the little conversation Bugs has with a very woozy Crusher. <laughs> like, oh, because it's Crusher. How are you? Like, he's just entered the house or whatever. Like, how are you? Uh, just shopping by. Uh, Man, Bugs would kill it on uh, party quirks. Oh my god, yes he would. Um, and then just, just the, the the rest of this gag where Bugs is just very kindly pinning Crusher as he's barely conscious. is just, It's just charming enough to work. And we, we don't even need to see, like, you know, we just dissolve to Bugs winning. That's great. <laughs> and just a shot of Crusher springing up and tearing the quote going, What? what? I love that. And then, <laughs> as, as Crusher tries to, to, you know, shake Bugs' hand and take him down, I love the audience members going, no, don't do it, and Crusher no, just growling no, no. at them. Yes, well, which I think the growling is provided by Mel. Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, yeah. And we end it just, cla- like, just classic Looney Tunes, where Bugs shakes, shakes uh, Crusher's hand, 
And it turns out that the hand is actually dynamite. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a decent ending. And Bugs does a thing where, like, he just reveals he has absolutely no muscle to him. It's, it's, it's decent. It's all right. Yeah. So this one's also really fun. Oh, There's improved gag work, even from Rabbit Punch. There's a great arc to it. It, it did take a little bit to find Bugs' comedic upper hand, but once he got there, he was, like, rolling, and there were some great gags all around. And even if, if Crusher was very different from this, like, especially with this voice actor, from Billy Bletcher, um, still a very specific and very fun foil character and had some great subduing moments. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like this one a lot. This one is certainly better than the other one in a multitude of ways, I think. One of the first pluses I have to give it is that every gag used here is either a different or a better utilized gag version of a gag from the previous Bugs Bunny short. Mm-hmm. It's got much better pacing. Yeah. There's a sense of so what from Bugs being in the ring, something yeah. the Porgy short did not have. Right. So, yeah. That, that didn't have any. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I... I'm, I'm giving this one a 4 out of 5 as well. I put it right on par with Rabbit Punch, honestly, even though it's it's just a few inches above it. I'm giving it a, a 4 out of 5. Yeah, there we go. Better than Rabbit Punch. So. No, no, it's, it's, it's another good one. So, the next episode, um, well, <laughs> you know, you know there have been a few political rants I've had on this show, and I, I try to stay away from them because I try and make this um, for all audiences and I'm I'm very politically in in one direction. Um, yes, I'm politically in one direction. I'm, I'm politically I'm Harry Styles. Um, but um, the next episode we're doing, all three of them concern politics in some way, and so I'm warning you that if if, if you don't like my uh, insane communistic rants, then then you're probably not going to like that one. Or maybe you will. I don't know. <laughs> all right. So the three. Oh. I think for one of them you're going to be really mad. <laughs> um, but well, we'll get to it. Yes, the the three we will be covering next week are Ballot Box Bunny, Rebel Rabbit, and Daffy Duck for President. Yeah, two of those are Golden Age ones, and that's all well and good. But the third one was done in the 2000s. Yes, it's a very interesting case. It is in that it's based essentially on a picture book that Chuck Jones did. And it's one of the last few Chuck Jones productions, and so we're going to be very, very gentle, but also critical of, uh, of what that ended up being as a cartoon. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I think we're going to have a lot to talk about with all of those. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, tune in for that. Yeah. Tune in for our political manifesto. On Views 3. Alright. So that's the end of this week's show. If you'd like to keep up with us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Halem1995. And you can follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, you can follow at that underscore loony or type in the podcast title, We Are the First Result. You can also find this podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Anchor, any of those and countless others. We are still 
out there, out there. I mean, we're out there. Wait, we're also out there. Wait, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan, you say Apple? Did I? Did I? Should I not have said Apple? No. No. I mean, yes, but the Apple. Oh. No, that's not a good. That's not a good Goring Globus movie. No, not not that either. Ah. Um. I guess we'll just never know. I get. Hey. Uh, Last American Virgin is okay. Okay, there we go. There we go. There's one. We got one. Yeah. All right, so until next week, I'm Mark. And I'm Jordan, and once again, I apologize to all of Italy. Arrivederci. Have some SpaghettiOs. I just have the ending music be um, the Spider-Man to uh, game the pizza. Oh my god! The new game. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Mamma me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs>